Hello and welcome to the Field of Design podcast for your news, stories and nonsense from the sports apparel and sports creative industry. My name is Mason and with me, the man with all the gear but no idea, Nick Bassett. Still can't get my text working, so sorry guys. And the man with a face only a mother could love, Kit Lushev. That's horrible, mate. Where is the love? Where's the inclusivity? I need to uh, I need to have a word with my ghostwriter, I think. That's horrible. <laughs> uh, big week, big week, and a lot of great feedback from our last episode as well. Um, feeling the love in that department and not feeling the love in a few other departments, I think, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, other than that, guys, did you have a good week? Rough week for me, I don't know. <laughs> rough week for everybody by the sounds of it all right let's let's just jump straight into it hey we've got a whole lot of news that we need to fly through to talk about uh tonight's topic if you would like to keep up with the visual references in today's show you can by following the links in the podcast apps episode description otherwise follow our instagram at field of design podcast for highlights from the show. You can also get in touch with us via our Instagram or via email at fieldofdesignpodcast at gmail.com. This is uh, from panthers.com. Fans have been clamoring for the alternate helmet for years and unveiling them after dark on national television creates the opportunity for what should be a unique atmosphere. This is the Panthers Black Helmets. The Panthers' defensive end cannot wait for the debut of the team's long-anticipated alternate black helmets on Thursday night football against the Falcons. Nick, I remember you touched base on that a couple of weeks ago now that uh, the alternate helmets were coming in. Yeah, what a ripper this one is. How good does that look? Very clean. Very clean. Check it out uh, via the episode um, description. This is from MLB.com, thanks to Daniel Kramer. The Mariners on Friday unveiled the 2023 All-Star Game logo. The illustration incorporates the Mariners' branding and an iteration of their throwback font, but it goes well beyond the team's branding by encapsulating the Seattle skyline, white-capped mountain, mountain, mountain ranges, evergreen trees, and more, all adorned in mostly northwest green. This is from Collider.com. Uh, thanks to Lacey Long, Adidas and Rick and Morty have teamed up to bring an X-Speed Portal football boot. Rick and Morty are featured in a 90-minute original short animated as a experiment with the power of the multi-dimensional speed with the new boots as if they are designed to unlock speed in all dimensions. The boots will be available via Adidas website and selected retailers now. Uh, have you seen it? I haven't seen it. <laughs> I've seen the shoe. I haven't seen the episode. I might have um, seen about one episode of Rick and Morty, so I can't tell you anything. Oh, I love Rick and Morty. Get on it, mate. <laughs> Get on it. Uh, this is via theguardian.com. Australian captain Sam Kerr of football has become the first female footballer to feature on the cover of a global version of the hugely popular FIFA video game. The Matilda Striker is pictured alongside... Oh, Nick, I'm going to need your help here. Who's this? France star. Kylian Mbappe. Yep. On the cover yep. of FIFA 20, <laughs> 23 Ultimate Edition. Um, what a coup for her, right? What a coup, all right. But Nick, do you have anything to share in regards to FIFA with the loyal listeners? No. Oh, do you mean in terms of the name drop next year, dropping the FIFA 
No, so just before we move on, uh, me and Nick had three games of FIFA and he didn't win one. So uh, <laughs> All of topic. them were a draw after 90 minutes. That's a lie. Moving on. That's not a lie. What are you on about? Every, every single one went to extra time. Is there a host in this room? Moving on. <laughs> this is from Olympics.com, Paris 2024 slogan. International Olympic Committee President Thomas Batch has welcomed the new slogan for the Olympic and Paralympic Games Paris 2024. The slogan, Games Wide Open. How creative. Very inspiring. Git, you, you'll love this one. Bring it to my attention. This is from sportstechie.com.com. <laughs> Leave that in there. <laughs> Study on fans' attitudes towards sport NFTs. A recent study from the National Research Group surveyed 3,250 sports fans from the US, UK, Brazil, and Japan, and the findings can help teams, leagues, and even athletes understand how to shape their NFT offerings. The study found that while two-thirds of sports fans prefer a tangible object in their hand, 64% of fans are open to the idea of learning more about NFTs and would consider purchasing one in the future. In fact, one in three sports fans say they have already bought cryptocurrency or an NFT, according to a separate study released this spring by Seton Hall University. Not going to buy it, but it's um, interesting that they coupled in cryptocurrency with yeah, who NFTs. Doesn't have that? <laughs> who doesn't have that at this point? I don't have any crypto. Uh, <laughs> you're one of the two and three then. Okay. <laughs> not not the only one that I'm not out now. Uh, this is this is from the advertiser. Port Adelaide has revealed its historic first AFLW playing strip and has named Aaron Phillips as their inaugural captain. And sticking with the Port Adelaide theme for a little bit longer, this is also via the advertiser. No prison bars again for Port Adelaide. Many clubs wear heritage jumpers multiple times a year, but the power's latest request to don the prison bar Guernsey has been knocked back again, and Koshi is not happy. Have we got any thoughts? Uh, I think we've probably all got thoughts, but I think we could almost do a full episode on this whole saga and Port Adelaide's history, right? Yeah, I think so, absolutely. To simplify uh, it, they should be allowed to wear their prison bars. Let's not be ridiculous. Let's not. What are your thoughts on the AFLW strip? I love the tier one. I love them both, but yeah, the tier one especially is awesome. Yeah, actually, I'm a I'm a huge sucker for Port Adelaide jerseys. Oh, really? Jumpers? Yeah, yeah. Big fan. Even the uh, the old SBS one. Yep, yep. There was an old one with the realistic lightning bars and um, all those little triangles. I think it was early two thousands, and I've actually actually got one of them, and I love them. I know the so, one you're uh, talking about. The uglier they are, the better. Falls into that category of ironically loved thanks to its ugliness. And sticking with the AFL for just a little bit longer, Western Bulldogs Retro Guernsey to celebrate 25 years since the last ever VFL-AFL game played for premiership points at Witten Oval will be wearing a replica of our 1997 Guernsey in round 21. Great to see the RoboDog back. The RoboDog, yes. Yep. Got a soft spot for that one. Do you? I don't know why. I don't know. Why. I just, I don't know. I just like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the big bit of news, which is going to flow on into our episode topic this week, is the release and controversy around the Manly Pride jersey. 
Yeah, so I could probably take the lead from here. I'm actually a little bit nervous. Um, so I've got a, a heap of notes written down. It's probably all over the place. So if you guys want to jump in or steer it a certain direction, by all means. But um, I mean, firstly, I just have to say that all thoughts and opinions are entirely mine and don't represent the views of my employer and especially don't represent the views of, of Manly. So just want to put that out there. Um, we We were sort of tossing up whether to do an episode last week or a little special to to touch on this but in the end i think probably all agree that the best decision would be to give it a bit of time to breathe given how hectic that week was um let the dust settle yeah exactly i know i was i was flat and exhausted and fairly emotionally drained so um i think the right thing to do is to at least touch on it in this podcast and uh i personally not going to offer too much commentary on ethics or the decision making of those particular players um and why or you know stuff like that I'm not going to talk about the politics um if you even consider that politics I, in sport well yeah i personally think of this issue less so as politics and more so as just basic human rights but each to their own i guess um so maybe, maybe all I can really do is just provide a, a bit of an, uh, an overview on how how it went down last week. You know, my experience. Uh, maybe there's some small light I can shed on certain things, and you know, give you some intentions and, and this and that. Um, so, firstly, I was one of only a very small group within Dynasty who was driving this project. It's been around so long that I can't even completely remember um where you could say it was born but a very long time and probably longer than that the the media outlets would suggest Mm -hmm. Um, my recollection which probably isn't even completely accurate anymore is that me and a couple other key stakeholders at dynasty we were just always sharing like um in a whatsapp group like images and news articles and and stuff like that of um you know pride examples in sport and other inclusive sort of programs and and stuff like that and you know the overriding feeling was just how impressed we were and and, you know constantly commenting how cool that would be to see um in the nrl whether that was initially via us or you know if another uh, supplier or club got the opportunity to do it but it really was just admiration for that whole that whole cause embracing it yeah, for sure. Um, From a club uh, level and a, and a league level. Mm. And I think that signifies how pure the intentions were of, you know, the whole, you know, the jersey and everything surrounding it. Um, you know, I've seen some people suggest otherwise or this and that, but it was, I can... Hidden sa- agendas. Agendas, yeah. I can say, you know, hand over heart that it was born in nothing but goodwill, love, inclusion... Um, we actually had, yeah, we'd conceded that Dynasty probably wasn't going to sell many of these jerseys. Um, but you know, this, this was more than that. This was more than just, you know, how many numbers you're going to sell or, you know, a commercial product. It it was the message surrounding that. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd heard uh, media outlets even, you know, suggest rumors that, that the playing jerseys may actually have even been donated to Manly 
from Dynasty, which um, I think most of them been auctioned off for charity. So that's not something that's got much of a run. So, I'm not, in, not entirely sure on that. I haven't queried that, but you know, I've, I've seen that suggested. So, sorry, can you just say that again? Sorry, I wasn't fully clear. Um, I've read rumours that you know Dynasty donated the playing jerseys to the club. Now that's something I'd have to check on, but as in the like, as in Contra would be normally, but just excluded from Contra. As in, correct, as part yeah. of the agreement for doing the pride jerseys, you we will give these to you. Yep. Free charge. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm not sure if you guys know or have caught up on it, but um, I'm pretty sure they auctioned off the match worn jerseys, and then there was another set of player issue unworn jerseys that were also, also auctioned off. I think that auction's finishing on Wednesday. And last I checked, um, Zach Fulton's jersey was nearly at three thousand dollars, and all of that was going towards Gotcha for Life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not something that's gotten much of a run. Um, you know, there was a period during the week where Dynasty was getting smashed and they were reaching out to our other clients like the, the Sharks and the Cowboys and Titans trying to do a hatchet job on Dynasty, but, you know. The you know, journos. Correct, yeah. So, I, I, you know, all I want to just stress is, um, you know, how pure the intentions were, like nothing but love, um, no agendas, no ulterior motives, nothing like that, so... Um, so the, and you know, from a personal point of view, this, it really ramped up for me last year, I I did youth mentoring and, um, in the first session that we had, it's like a, they call it a jitter section, a jitter session where the mentors meet the mentees and then the mentees go away and choose which mentor they want. Yep. And there was a young trans boy there. Um, actually was of Pacific Island descent, um, a little bit nervous, a little bit withdrawn and shy. And one of the, one of the adults was wearing a pride lanyard and, um, like seeing this kid's light, this kid's face light up when they, when they knew that there was at least one person in that room, um, who they knew straight off the bat, you know, had their back, who they felt safe around, who would accept them just from such a, a small token gesture as having a rainbow lanyard around their neck. Um, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. Like it was so moving and like I spoke to, I ended up mentoring that, uh, mentoring that boy and, and we touched on that and, and spoke about some of the challenges that they had growing up. And um, yeah, I guess that, you know, that, that moved me a lot and I'll never forget that. So to hear these outdated, antiquated media personalities suggesting that this sort of thing is just simply token gesturing, virtue signaling, um, is so far off the pace. You know, so far off the pace for mine because, you know, that small gesture that I've seen, amongst other things that we all see and experience, um, you know, that shows that such a small thing can mean a lot to people. Well, yeah, we got to be really careful here that we're not stereotyping we've had we've spoken the three of us have all spoken about this a lot (laughs) over the last two weeks and i think it was a real you know those those quotes that are coming from those representatives clearly do not understand they are not the people who are uh who the rainbow is targeting 
right? Or, or affecting or, or facing some of the challenges that people, you know, members of that community do face. Um, yeah, I, I'll touch on it a little bit, but you know, Trent Robinson made a good point where Gotcha for Life is about mental health and suicide pre- prevention. You know, suicide's five times more likely for for members of the LGBT, you know, community. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys both have heard me allude to the excitement that I've had for this jersey. Like, obviously, being friends with you both, you know, you see things. Like, it's not like I'm going off telling you everything that Dynasty's doing, but, you, you know, you might walk in and see something on a jersey rack or something. And um, we're, we're privy to enough without knowing all of the details. I recall you even talking on air a few weeks ago about a jersey, which I assume is this jersey. Um, when you were thinking about your kids and yep. what this jersey could mean for them when they're growing up. Um, yep. I certainly that- don't want to bring your kids into it for any other reason other than, you know, what you, you had raised it for. Um, and that, But, but know, it that is was- a good point, though. Being a parent, you think about these things and you think about what sort of life are we creating and, and stuff for our children to grow up in. Um, the rainbow is not affecting anyone other than the people that it stands for or it shouldn't affect anybody other than the people that it stands for. And I felt like the media did not represent many people when having that conversation. You know, you wouldn't have a white man standing up defending in this day and age, you wouldn't have a white man standing up defending the beliefs or rights of a dark skinned woman. You know, it it nearly, that to me nearly seems a little bit token. Um, And I was very frustrated in the media that I did consume that we had one token gay ex-footballer being represented and the rest were either closets or straight men um, having conversations about it. I think the the term token there is... um probably not not the way you mean to say it because he's the only gay NRL player sure yeah but you but um, but no one was calling on anyone else yeah you know? no and, and anyway let, let's continue and we yeah. can probably circle back background to this I do yeah, have I a mean, few questions just, but I'll let and, you and Roberts just to clarify as well yeah yeah so so I mean just to touch on your point quickly I'm not a re- religious person. I grew up, uh, went to a Catholic school. Members of my family are religious. I no longer would consider myself religious. Not practicing I, at the moment. If I played for a footy team um, that wanted to do it, and it sounds a little bit ridiculous, but wanted to do a jersey with a cross on it because they were playing on Good Friday, I would have no problem chucking that on. It might not be my beliefs, but, you know, there'd be people in the team that probably do believe it and, you know, I'd be happy to support that. So, you know, a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. off topic, but that that's kind of how I feel. So what you mentioned about um, me speaking about, I think it was probably in my interview, um, probably going back a month or six weeks now. Um, and, I yeah, I spoke in that interview. I just said that this jersey means more to me than anything else that I've worked on. I still feel that way. Um, I was excited to see it launch. I was a little bit nervous because 
I slash we knew there'd be critics from members of the public. I think that's obvious. I think anyone would have guessed that. Yep. Um, perhaps some passing negativity in the media. Um, certainly didn't foresee the, the shitstorm that it became, that's for sure. And I don't know whether that's naivety or um, or what it was, yeah. Why Manly? Um, you'd have to probably ask Manly that. I think the media reported that we offered it to all of our NRL clubs. Um, there were different reasons why we couldn't get it over the line for them, but um, you know we tried. There were certainly certain logistic issues and whatnot. I know that there were supporters at the other clubs for sure, but it just didn't happen. I'd always in the back of my mind thought that this was going to be something that one club would do and then the rest would follow. Um, I don't know whether I feel that way anymore, but yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to ask someone above me. Probably, I probably don't want to go too far into that. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, I was excited to see it launch when it first launched, there were a, a lot of comments from members of that community that I did read, which, um, made me feel proud and, and actually made me quite emotional. Um, one that I just found, you know, just while I was prepping tonight is quoted. Anyone that thinks this isn't a big deal can argue with the wall. This feels like my whole team has given me a hug. I don't care if it's the third jersey or the 25th jersey this season. This one is mine. Um, so, and there were, there were heaps of comments like that, which I was reading on the Monday and you know, getting quite emotional and sharing with members of the team and, and my friends and family and whatnot. Um, and then later that evening's where shit hit the fan, I guess. Pretty good way to put it. Um, now, when that happened, I, I felt sick. I know other people I work with felt the same. And I had this weird feeling like I'd done something wrong or I'd, I'd helped contribute to something that was wrong, which that is not right. I know now that that's not right. You know, we sh- I shouldn't shouldn't feel ashamed of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I think that might have stayed for the next couple of days. Like I remember watching a, um, NRL 360 for a couple of nights and my blood was just boiling and I, I think, you know, I probably shed tears one of the episodes just, you know, reflecting on, you know, friends of mine that this would affect and, that, you know, that, that young boy that I mentored and stuff like that, like it really actually affected me. Um, and then I think the tide started to turn a little bit when um, Roosters coach Trent Robinson spoke. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys caught up with that, but um, I mean, following that, I couldn't have more respect for the man and also the others that followed since. So people like Jordan Kahu, Latrell Mitchell, James Graham, Toby Rudolph, Tom Burgess, Corey Parker, um, to name a few. Mm-hmm. These are these are you know genuine human beings with courage and and people that aren't afraid to speak up for what they believe in, uh, even if it means some uncomfortable moments with you know friends of theirs as a result. So I think of these guys, and I think that these these are people who'll be looked at looked back on as being on the right side of history when it comes to this particular issue. And uh, you know now that I reflect, I feel like that's how that's the side that I was on. That's the side that my employer was on and, and also the people that I work with who, who was, was driving this. Um, <clears throat> so just to quote Trent, because I think this sort of summarises it pretty well. Trent said, we're really looking forward to representing and talking about 
even just male suicide and the high rate that that is. But in the youth gay community, it is five times the level of what normal society is. That is because they don't feel included. For us in 2022 to not be inclusive and not and to not say it is okay to be who you are is unacceptable. We need to move towards a better place. I want to say that we're inclusive. We do accept you for who you are and we care about you and we need to move forward in that way. If someone said that we weren't going to wear an Indigenous jersey, there would have been an outcry. 40 years ago, that would have been the case. 80 years ago, we wouldn't have even had a women in league round. We've moved on those fronts. We're yet to move on this one. So I, I think that, that was spoken beautifully and that, that summarises probably how I feel. Yeah, well said. I think, yeah, we, we were sharing a few comments online that night that everything was going down of, you know, not spoken as eloquently, but, you know, in that same, that spa- same space around those themed rounds years past. Now, I think after Trent spoke, there was a bit of a change in narrative. More people spoke up and some of the names that I named before. Um, just to touch on Ian Roberts, like I heard him speak and I think he did, he would have done a handful of interviews um, and he spoke really well. But I think in the second interview, he spoke even better than the first. And just to, just to quote him, and, and I don't want this to be so much about the players, but um, Ian said, I don't see persecution as an answer to anything. I don't see vilifying people as an answer to anything. Now, those are, um, to me, those are strong words, and those are, I think, they're fair and accurate words as well. Um, I reached out to to Ian over the weekend and, and passed passed on the story that I told before, and and just touched on how this all, you know, began, and and thanked him and, and passed on my admiration for him. And um, I think it, I think that that meant a, a bit to him. I think he's he said that got him quite emotional and. Um, we both sort of spoke about, you know, what a difficult week it's been, but, you know, this is a conversation that, that needs to be had and that conversation has now been started. So, um, mm. yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much how my week's been. I've, I've got a few other comments. Um, uh, the first one is I was a little bit confused at the narrative at times that those seven players were the victim in, victims in all of this. Um, one question I ha- will put to, to you guys, um, you know, they were saying it, it's, it's cultural reasons. What, what does that mean to you? What, what does cultural reasons mean? Um, some of the persecutions looking back in, in history, is it okay for us to pass those off as, as cultural reasons? Interested in, in your thoughts? Yeah. I, I don't really know what you determine as cultural. Your upbringing could be cultural. Your ethnicity could be cultural. Um, if I was raised on a tiny little sheep farm in the middle of nowhere by my parents, and my parents raised me every single day to hate people who had blue eyes, and then they set me out into the world... And I spent the rest of my days hating and discriminating against every person that I met with blue eyes. And when shit hit the fan, I, I passed it off as cultural reasons. Is that, a, is that an excuse? For me, no. <laughs> for, for me, I, I don't. <clears throat> you know, we're getting into that territory of, of the players. Um, 
and for me, it's just not a position that I would be in, like you were saying before. Um, yeah, I don't. There's some examples that I could throw at you that come into my head, but I, I really think that's dangerous territory to be to be going down without being. I think. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I think you know. Everyone, you know, you 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 want to see all cultures as equal, and and everyone's got their their right to to think and and believe what they want. But there are certain issues that you know different communities do exist in society, and they are people, and you know everyone is is one of us. So. Whether you agree with whatever or you want to have an argument on different aspects of life and of beliefs, sure, have that argument. But when it comes to a jersey and acknowledging the existence of a community, there's no nothing wrong I see with that. I think in well said. You know, we, we might we might be deviating into the next part of the conversation, which you'd plan to do anyway, Kit, is when the, when the players put on the jersey, who are they representing? Are they representing themselves? Or are they representing the club? Are they representing the team and their teammates? Because, you know, we've, we've seen the dialogue on social media around betting companies um, even, you know, all, all of the sponsors, let's, let's not single out anyone. Uh, and perhaps that those cultural beliefs aren't necessarily aligned either. And I can't help but think, uh, because this is new, this is the first time that the NRL has been faced with it. They had the opportunity to say no, but they've been running around for years and years and years with a whole lot of other sponsors that don't have squeaky clean records. Not, I'm not just, you know, singling out any sponsor here or from any club, but just in general, right? So when they run onto the field, are they representing the sponsor on the front? Yeah, I guess you look at it and a lot of players would say, oh, you know, I'm I'm here representing my my family, my community and how you're brought up by your family and your community does become your belief system. Um, so you probably are in a way representing your beliefs. Obviously you're representing the club, you know, you've, you've got a job to do You they pay your, pay your wages. You've got a contract with them, but I think the, the tribalism and the patriotism in sports goes a little bit further than that as well than just it being a job and it does become yeah you're playing for your family you're playing for your fans um and if you're excluding part of those fans for any reason i'm not sure that's the right path to go down i um yeah a couple of couple more notes that i had um so the afl's had and i know the sydney sydney swans sort of saw an opportunity and and commented during the week, but um, I find it crazy the AFL's had a pride game for two years now. No one's batted an eyelid. Like we haven't seen any issues there. Um, 
I saw a couple of Collingwood players were wearing rainbow shoelaces, which I can only assume is, you know, supporting, you know, what we brought to light. Um, and just as another, another, you know, thing to throw up, the West Coast Eagles were absolutely smashed in the preseason for being the only club in the AFLW to not bother doing a pride jersey. And now here we are five months later, however long it is, and everything that we went through last week is the complete opposite. So um, very, very interesting. I'm not sure what that means. I probably am, but I probably don't want to touch on that. Um, culture. Culture. <laughs> the I, culture uh... of the AFL versus the culture of the NRL. And without bringing anyone into a bad light, there this isn't new on the player's side either. There has been players in other sports before refused to play in pride jerseys. Um, so it's that's not a new story either, really. Not just in Australia, but internationally as well, right? Yeah. Um, one cool thing that I, I can share is that um, we we work in an industry where so many of our sales are repeat customers diehards uh who are you know constantly buying more gear um now our online sales show that over 80 percent of the sales of the pride jersey were first-time customers Mm. um now to me that's that's massive and that that's that's huge yeah that's something to be really proud of i reckon because uh, that is the essence of you know being inclusive and, and speaking to an audience that i think australia uh, has been forgotten in Australian sport probably forever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's eighty percent of people who bought pride jerseys. You know, that could be their first jersey that they they own. That could be them going. You know, finally we've got an organisation that's willing to open up to us or to show that we we exist. You know, they care. Um, so that's something that I'm I'm proud of. You know, for for my employer. Um, manly supporters, manly supporters who have never bothered to yeah. purchase before. And it's, it's probably one of those jerseys where you get supporters of other clubs or or yep. just casual fans buying as well because of that reason. Because yeah. it's a, a special jersey. Mm. And you know, if we if we want to lighten lighten the sort of conversation a little bit just in terms of the jersey, I think you know, not to get too far up your ass kit um you've done a great job on it it's it's subtle it's it's simple the the maroon really makes the the rainbow pop um the rainbow is not just a a gradient as as you see a lot of the time there's a little small details in that um so just the transitioning and texture of it yeah the fact of it the fact of of the design of the jersey and just how it looks i think you know, it adds to the the regular jersey in a in a great way. It's funny because uh, watching the kickoff, um, and if your TV was small enough, you and from a you know wide angle, you you look at Manly and Maroon and think uh, all this, and you can barely see the yeah <laughs> you know the rainbow <laughs> element. Um, I mean, just to you know pull the curtain back a little bit, that for the longest time was. Um, going to be a white jersey, 
And for some reason, at last minute, it got changed to maroon, and we all unanimously thought that the white looked better. Um, so that's just an yeah. interesting little tidbit. For me, uh, the the maroon almost looks different with the. Yeah, a few people said that with the rainbow in it, which is yeah, and it, it popped even more. I think. I think um, the trim for me was the the cherry on top. Uh, just the way that the trim was executed around the armbands and the, and the neckline. Um, yeah, At was... one stage, to em- emphasise Dynasty support, there was a rainbow key line around the Dynasty logo. Yeah, okay. But that was a little bit <laughs> over the top, but at one stage that was there. So um... Dynasty couldn't go rainbow itself? Did you try I did that? notice the shorts didn't have the rainbow stripes though. No, they didn't. <laughs> um, Dynasty rainbow, I think. When it got to the, the, the colours of the blues and stuff, it sort of merged in a little bit. Mm. So, you know, visibility, I guess, was an issue there. But uh, my last couple of notes, people bring up the women in league aspect. Um, that's a common one. You know, a lot of people online going, "Wow, we're in a pride jersey and not a women in league jersey. Just, you know, I can see that point of view, but let's just remember that there were three teams this year that have that wore women in league jerseys. I believe there were two or three last year and then before that a couple. So, you know, let's not inflate that. Um, I'm certainly not talking down women in league round or, you know, in any way women's contribution to the game. But in in terms of an actual specific women in league jersey, let's just say for what it is, it's, it's, uh, you know, a minority of clubs that are still doing that. Um, Now, the last thing I'll say is from my point of view, I think it only goes one way from here. Um, I certainly don't think it's going to go the other way. Um, I don't know if next year is going to be that year. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. A quote that someone said to me is during the week is the first guy through the wall always gets bloody. Um, so you know, I'm proud of you know myself, my employer, my colleagues, and everyone else that has acted in a manner of love the last week or however long it's been. Um, not sure if you guys had any queries or anything you want to bring up or I think pretty much as you said, the the first step is always the hardest and someone's gotta take it. Just like you mentioned with the Roosters coach, you know, one person says something and then more people come out. You know. Um it's 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 a shame that we're still having this conversation. I'm pretty sure the well, the vote was over four years ago to legalise it, um, gay, um, gay marriage or that is, and we're still yet having these type of conversations. Um, one thing, Kit, that was a big talking point in the media was that the players weren't consulted about the jersey and early on there were reports saying if they were consulted they may have worn it um and then there were backflips on that and then there were backflips again and then there were backflips again do the players usually have consultation on the jerseys for women in league round for anzac round for indigenous round it's a good question, um, and this isn't me saying whether they should or shouldn't. I know that 
it'd be uncommon for your group of Indigenous players not to be consulted on the Indigenous design. Apart from that, probably not, I'd imagine. I'll, I don't think you'd show your Indigenous, uh, sorry, show your players Anzac designs, um, anything mm. like that, no. It's, it, but it is a tricky one because when was the last new concept that was brought in and one that was as controversial as this? But um, apart from Indigenous, no, I don't, don't think it's, it's common to go, you know, consulting your playing group about, about jersey designs. I guess a question along those lines as well as not so much player consultation, but, um, you know, obviously these jer- jerseys get photo shoots done and marketing shots and, and they're out in time for the game. So obviously the players know before the game what jerseys are coming. Um, how far before the games were these sort of marketing shots and, and stuff done like that? Because whether it's DCE doing the shot, obviously the rest of the players are going to know at that point. It's not just him keeping it to himself. Yeah, I'm not sure how, how long before these specific photo shoots were. Um, probably I'm not sure they were that far ahead. Yeah. All I can say is that I guess those three players knew and it didn't get back to you know yeah. the, the group of players who I'd be very surprised if it didn't get back to the group of players. It's an interesting the week one. of the game. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good it, question though. I'm yeah, I'm sure it wouldn't have just been the week of the game that these players are finding out about it. Yeah, whether it was a snowball effect where you know, a couple of them sort issue with it and then talk to their mates and I'm not sure. I, I yeah. have no idea. There's, yeah, I guess that's, for right or wrong, that's the reason why the story's blowing up, right, is the player's decision. Um, but pride, I guess, maybe in league is a new thing, but we've seen it, like you mentioned before, in, in the AFL and the NFL with, you know, doing special boots or whatever in the Premier League with their captain's armbands and pride laces. And there's a French rugby club, Biarritz, who uh, took up sponsorship from Grinder to um, <laughs> to to show their support for the that community. So um, there are sports one. and teams doing it everywhere in the world. Um but nothing's kind of blown up like this, really, close to home anyway. No, I think it's it's hard to argue that it isn't the most controversial and probably infamous isn't the right the right way to put it, but I, I, I've never had as many people that I know reach out from little old WA about a rugby jersey, that's for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it was everywhere. It was the biggest story at one stage. We were told that in terms of clicks and online, Readership this trumped Warney's death by far, which is pretty crazy. Obviously, it made it overseas to Europe and Washington Post and this and that. So, hectic week. Um, but yeah, I I don't think I have too much more to offer unless you guys had any more questions. If you could go back, would you still push for the jersey? I think that's a tough one because at certain certain times during the week, I think probably not. Um, that sounds bad. I don't know whether that sounds bad or cowardly or weak or anything like that, but um, yeah, it was a pretty horrible feeling at certain stages. And you know, there's people, people within Dynasty who support Manly who you know would dealt with 
Manly, you know, losing a game because of something that we were a part of. So yeah, I don't know. I I'd like to think now that takes it back to the ladder. <laughs> I'd like, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think. I mean, now now as we stand right now, I'd I'd, I'd do it again. Yeah, to answer your question. Yep. But do you think someone will wear a pride jersey next year? I don't think that. Um, I'm not sure there'll be a pride round next year. Um, and if I was to guess, this is just my, I've got no inside information or anything. I think that there will be a team or teams that maybe will have like a pride warm up top. And it's something that a players can opt in out, you know, opt in with rather than pride jersey. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's got a sniff of segregation I, I, I about mean, it, doesn't it? Well, the thing with warm-up tops is that if you have a look at them, they're not really something that everyone wears anyway. Some players prefer to just get their jersey on early and some players, you know, will be in different things. So I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, Trent Robinson was pretty strong in, you know, Roosters potentially looking at it. So whether that's a good PR move for them to, you know, lead the way again. I don't know what Manly's thoughts are. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Nick, did you have anything else you wanted to say about it? <laughs> nah. Yeah, look, probably a slow start for me on the episode, but I think I've got most yep. things out that I Must thought be about. The piece um, that you're wearing. <laughs> um, but no, as I guess as not privy to everything, but Mason and I are obviously a good mates with you and we've seen how it's affected you and this week and we've seen some other concepts and and stuff like that and um yeah i guess we're fully on board the three of us uh, as a as a team in terms of the reaction to it um so my, my my final words i suppose on this this topic is first and foremost um we've said what we've said here I'm not answering any more questions from anyone if anyone comes knocking um, and no one else on behalf of the podcast will be answering any questions if anyone comes knocking. Um, so don't bother reaching out. And secondly, um, if you need to talk to someone, go and talk to someone. All right, let's switch on. Let's, uh, let's move on now. So, um, we we would like to hear feedback on the jersey, but let's keep it about the jersey, not about the politics, not about the controversy. So um, if you have any thoughts on the Manly Pride jersey, please let us know. Uh, what are your thoughts on NFTs? Kit wants to hear who you are buying NFTs from and where to get in. Um, we'd love to hear from you on the Port Adelaide Saga, the prison bars and the uh, AFLW strip being um, revealed. So let us know what your thoughts are on those and if the love is there for RoboDog. And let us know any of your other favourite pride jerseys or, or anything like that as well from around the world. Let's see some good ones. You can send us an email at fieldofdesign podcast at gmail.com or send us a message comment or tag us via instagram at field of design podcast we do have a few we do have a few people who've reached out via instagram 
following on from our last episode with Callan Jones, uh, Jersey underscore tragic commented. Can't wait to listen to this. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. Jersey underscore tragic. Um, ben Sell 13 commented, even as a New South Wales fan, I always found that 1980s Q iconic. I liked the brand consistency. It, 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 ha- it had even down to the club. Uh, Mari.creative uh, on our banter around the North Queensland Cowboys contouring, red contouring text on their logo. This is an exclusive to our Instagram and our podcast. The red key wow. line came about with the Toyota partnership back in 2003. Uh, the change to a blue key line is definitely happening for 2023. I've been pushing for the change for a couple of years now. So great to hear from you. Sorry. How long ago did you call it? Kit? I think he knew, mate. <laughs> mate. <laughs> is Mari on? Is Mari someone on the inside? Is that? Is this canon? Is this happening? Is this our, our, our non first exclusive? Exclusive. <laughs> no, uh, our first yeah, no. <laughs> I feel like I've been trumped. Uh, and we are uh, <laughs> we are having conversations off air, uh, Mari, to um, be on this podcast at some point. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that one too. Thank you, everybody, for listening and putting up with our thoughts this week. Might have been, might be a bit of a hard listen, but um, yeah, thank you for staying on. And again, thank you for all the positive feedback from our last week's episode. It's uh, all quite humbling, and we really are looking forward to bringing some more guests. We've we've filled the the calendar up. I think um, for the remainder of the year, we're pretty much nearly locked in with all of our topics, but. Um, yeah, some more exciting people on the way. So thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share the podcast, share our stories, comment. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review and some stars on your preferred podcast app. 15,000. How many colors are in the rainbow? That many stars. I'm going to say 2017 stars because that was the year that marriage equality was passed in Australia. And... Shout out to my friends, my co-hosts and my Jersey boys, Nick and Kit. Thank you for coming and chatting tonight. Thank you, Kit, also for... Um, for my joke yeah, last week. Yeah, did you like that? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that got great uh, great feedback. And as a result, I'd like to leave us with one more, whether you add in post-production last, probably not necessary, but uh, my joke this week. <clears throat> the difference between a homophobe and a bucket of shit. The bucket. Thank you. Ha <laughs> ha!